0: Let us turn in our Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, which you'll find in your Pew Bibles around 967. <clears throat> 967. I write it down right. Nope. 968. 968. And let us hear the reading from the New Testament. I, Paul, myself entreat you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. I, who am humble when face to face with you, but bold toward you when I am away, I beg of you, that when I am present, I may not have to show boldness as such, show boldness with such confidence as I count on those showing against some who suspect us of walking according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but of divine power to destroy the strongholds. We destroy arguments, every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. So ends the reading of God's inspired Holy Word. Let us turn to our Old Testament reading. Let us turn to Joshua, chapter 1. Chapter 1. You'll find that close to page 178. Joshua writes, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites. To the great sea going down to the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was also with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success in wherever you go. And this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And Joshua commanded the officers of the people: Pass through the midst of the camp, and command the people: Pre- Prepare your provisions. For within three days you are to pass over this Jordan to go in to take possession of the land that the Lord your God is given you to possess. And to the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the word that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord is providing you a place of rest, and I will give you this land. Your wives, your little ones, your livestock shall remain in the land that that Moses gave you beyond the Jordan. But all the men of valor among you shall pass over armed before your brothers and shall help them until the Lord gives rest to your brothers as he has to you. And they also take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving them. And then you shall return to the land of your possession and shall possess it. The land Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise. And they answered, All that you have commanded us we will do. Wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so also we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys him shall be put to death only be strong and courageous. So ends reading of God's inspired word. You know, when I began this series, I had no idea of the events that was going to be coming about in this world with wars and destruction. And oftentimes I've wondered about why The Lord had these wars as they were going into the land. And I think part of it is is because at that time, people looked at their God as being in a certain area. And so if you went over to this area and you conquered, then your God beat that God. And so it was necessary for them to come into the land this way that God would be made known that He was the God, the true God. And yet, here they are. They are on one side of the Jordan and they're ready to pass over to the other side. The Jordan River in biblical times has been always inbound with symbolic meanings as a boundary, as a crossing point. A place of spiritual renewal and rebirth. A source of holy water. So just like the Red Sea crossing that we talk about in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 was a baptism, so also this nation of Israel had gone through the Red Sea, but now it was just the children who had grown up. All the parents had died And the only people that was left was the children who were under 20 and they had grown up and they had basically replaced their parents. And we know from the reading of Scripture that, that they were to go through this Jordan River. And so it's a metaphor, kind of a spiritual rebirth. You know, in Second Kings, young people, Second Kings chapter five, verses one through twenty-seven, you have Naaman. Naaman was a he was a ruler in Syria. He was a great military leader, but he had leprosy. And he came into the land of Israel, and and um, they captured a little girl, just a little girl. And that little girl said, "If you go and you talk to the king there in Israel, he can point you to a prophet." And that prophet can help you get over your leprosy. And so where did uh, the prophet send him? To the river Jordan to dip seven times. And so that's that that unity of spiritual renewal. And so now Israelites have come to Jordan to cross and to take possession of the land. Joshua was commissioned by God. He was told to lead the people. Of Israel into the Promised Land, he was told to be strong and courageous, faithful to the word of God in everything. And so you have Joshua, who is knowledgeable. He first he was he spent time beforehand remembering what the word of God spoke, and all he had then is the first five books. And then he prepares, and then they execute the. Plans that God had given to them. Well, here how we see Joshua's knowledge is that he is careful to do all that is written down in the in the in the book. You know, sometimes you come across pastors who, or or people who who uh, are supposedly educated but not really believe in the Bible. They say, well, you know, Deuteronomy is written in the third third uh, person and they don't even realize that people can write in the third person they do it all the time and so God revealed could reveal to Moses what he should say in the final chapters of the book of Moses or perhaps even Joshua had completed it because he was Moses right hand man and Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of God for Moses had laid his hands on him so all the people of Israel obeyed him just as the Lord just as they obeyed the Lord who commanded Moses and so Moses or Joshua was ordained by Moses to continue the task given to him but the evidence that we see that Joshua knew the scriptures is that as he commands the leaders now, these leaders that they talk about in the Bible, you see this was a tribal type of government. We think you know it's a it's a different type of government than what we're used to, but it's basically a family type organization where there's usually one main leader in the family, and so if he talks to the leadership of that family, then it would go down throughout the entire family. They didn't have newspapers, they didn't have the internet, they didn't have ways to communicate their message. But it came by word of mouth through the leadership all the way down to the individuals. We need to remember that the census was taken and when that census was first taken, do you remember how many people were there? It was three million. Well, they took a second census and it was just slightly under three million. Three million. So they hadn't really lost that much. There were some tribes that lost more than others and there was other tribes that gained in population. And so Joshua tells them that they need to make get ready to to go into the promised land. First they needed to prepare some food to take with them. You know, they couldn't go to the store and buy some. It wasn't made so handily like we have today. If we run out of bread, we don't even think about it. We just stop at the grocery store. Well, they had a little bit more to do than what we do. I mean, even if today we might you know, use the flour that we have in the cupboard and make some. But for them, what they would have to do is that they would have to grind the flour. They would have to grind the grain first. So it would take some effort to do this they'd have to go and get wood to bake the bread in. So it was not just a simple task of just basically preparing a short thing. And he says in three days, he gives them time to do this. And not only would the bread need to be gathered, but they would need to make sure their weapons were ready, the stones were gathered, the slings were prepared. Some of the tribes was going to be leaving their family on the other side of the Jordan. They would be saying goodbye. And I think it's kind of interesting the reason why this is being done is perhaps the manna was still falling at this time, but... This was going to be a transition because they're asked to prepare this stuff before leaving. That means that the that there was going to be a change that was coming about. You know, sometimes God calls us supernaturally to come to faith in Him, but the way that we continue to grow in the Scriptures or grow in God is through the Scriptures, through the daily hearing of His Word or through the preaching of His Word. If you're going to become... And be a Christian, then you need to continue to remember that God provides for us spiritual food through His Word. And so Israel needed to prepare for three days, they were going to move out and go across the Jordan. Some think that at this time the spies had already returned. It could be the case that the spies weren't even sent out yet. Maybe the spies were sent at the same time and Joshua just thought that they would return within three days and then they would go across. But there was a delay that happened. It was delayed maybe even to six days because the spies had to hide out in the land of beyond the Jordan because they were discovered. You see, and this is one of the things that we need to remember is that as it talks about in the Scriptures, you may plan your way, you may plan something you're going to do, and then all of a sudden something changes and you can't do it anymore. You know, God expects us to plan, to make effort, to, to uh, make decisions, to try to get you know something done in life, but yet God may change how that is accomplished. But yet He still works through our decision of trying to get things done. Proverbs teach that a man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. You know, and that's always an interesting thing to me because it speaks about the providence of God and the responsibility of man being almost together, but yet God overruling anything that man may do. And so this means that the Israelites, if they were going to inherit the land, couldn't just basically sit back and expect God to do it all. No, they were called to be faithful. And so also we are called to be faithful to follow the Lord. So they needed to be responsible to go and make provisions to move to cross the Jordan that they were giving to them. And Joshua continues to show his knowledge in the Word of God when he speaks to the two and a half tribes the Reubenites the Gadites and the half tribe of Manasseh Joshua said remember that the word that the Moses the servant of the Lord commanded you the Lord your God is providing you a place of rest and give you this land your wives your little one your livestock shall remain in the land that Moses gave you beyond the Jordan but all the men of valor shall pass over armed bef- before your brothers and help them until the Lord gives rest your brothers and they shall take possession of the land that the Lord your God has given you and then you shall return to the land of your possession beyond the sunrise you see this is talking about these events that occurred in Numbers chapter 31 and 32 there they attacked the Amorites and they had defeated them in the the two tribes over there that had livestock looked around and said this is the perfect place to have livestock. Why can't we stay on this side? And so they were. Moses was immediately concerned. He was concerned that their desire to inherit this portion of the land would end up them not being willing to help their brothers and discourage the other tribes from going in. They were very sensitive about this because they had wandered 40 years in the desert. And now God has come to the place where they needed to cross over. And so Joshua is saying, look, this is what happened before, and let's not this happen again. But they were ready. Gad, Reuben, and the half-tribe of Manasseh promised that if they'd allow to remain on the east side of the Jordan, they would put their families in a defense mode, having them in fortified cities and their animals in corrals until they returned but all the men of valor shall pass before the Lord. Well, how many came over? We know from the Scriptures 40,000. But that left about 70,000 of men to guard the women and the children. And so Joshua reminds them of their promise. And they answered, Yes, everything that you have commanded us, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as He was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your word, in whatever you're commanded shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. So one and a half tribes had their inheritance, but that didn't mean they couldn't come and help others. They were called to give their times and their gifts as they came into the promised land. And so as we look at this, we need to remember that God gave us these examples in the scriptures so that we might think about missions and how to go about missions. You see, one of the things that they needed to do is that these tribes, even though that they had already got the, their land, they needed to go and help others. You know, as we think about this, Jesus gave us a shadow of the rest. You know, in the Old Testament, what they talked about is giving rest to these tribes. They had entered into their rest, but there was other tribes yet to enter. And the rest that we need, that all of us needs, is rest in Christ. Rest in Jesus Christ. But we look forward to that rest that we will have when we are in heaven and that we'll never sin again. And so this whole thing of this typology of them going into the Jordan was to give a picture of what it was going to be the true rest that was going to be found when we experience heaven. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 teaches us, now these things happened to them as an example. They were written down for our instruction uh, upon whom the end of ages has come. When the Apostle Paul speaks of being an example, he does not mean that our kingdom, or God's kingdom today, is advanced by weapons of war, by weapons of the flesh. No, our weapons of the warfare are not of the flesh, but of divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion erased against the knowledge of God and every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. You see, we need to engage in spreading the Gospel, but we have to do it by interacting with people and what they think and how they believe. We can't just merely assume that that we need to find out what they think and then talk to them and and direct their, their mind toward the ways of the Scriptures. That's the way that we do battles. We destroy the arguments and lofty opinions and there is a lot of lofty opinions. We fight against evil and unbelief in our own hearts and we do that by singing the Psalms and hearing the Word of God taught and by prayer and participating in the sacraments. But we also fight against the sin of others by remembering that by purity and knowledge and patience and kindness that other people will come to face in into Christ. Our battle is against lofty opinions and arguments against the knowledge of God. We war against like, the philosophy of naturalism. And naturalism is where it says you know, that everything in this world just came about by natural means, that there's no other way that it came about, and so we need to discard the God of the Bible. You see, that's that, nat- that philosophy that basically fights against that God created the heavens and the earth. The philosophy of naturalism gives rise to the whole concept of evolution in millions of years. We war against the idea that God did not create Adam and Eve. We war against that because God did, and we war against the idea that God created, you know, Adam and Eve, but He gave us the ability to do what other activities we can. But we need to remind people that God created Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, and not other genders. We war against moral relativism that basically teaches that all morals come from man rather than from the absolute Word of God. We teach every man, woman, and child that someday you're going to have to stand before the great white throne judgment and you're going to have to give an account for everything that you've done in this world. And unless you have the righteousness of Christ placed upon you, you will have to basically deal with your sin before the living God. Are you ready for that great white throne judgment? Have you trusted in Christ? And yet, as Christians, we also need to store up spiritual food just like they had to store up physical food. We store up that Bible. We store up the Word of God so that when somebody says something to you, you can respond. That's what the catechism is partly to do for you is to help you explain the Gospel to people. And so we read the Bible we store up these Scriptures and we, so that we can be ready in season and out. You see, not only are we to establish our church, but you see what it talks about, that tribe also sent help to have it started other places. You see, that's the reason why when we give gifts to the church and, and things like that, that a portion of it goes to classes and to go and start other churches. It's following this same pattern that these two and a half tribes were called to help the other tribes and so we also are called to help others in hearing the word of God through our giving and through our sending of pastors. And even as it was in the Old Testament, also in the New Testament, church discipline is given. Not that we physically kill anybody, but in indeed what we do is we call them to repentance. Because God calls all of us to repent and so often, so often, friends, our eyes are blind to our own sin. You know, we can see the sin in others but sometimes that log is too close to us and we can't see our own sins. And so that's the reason why we always need to have a heart of humbleness. A heart that is willing to say, well, maybe maybe I should look at that. And so in cl- conclusion, you know, we're called to spiritual warfare. We're called to call others to find their faith in Christ. Just as Joshua was sent in the land of Israel to cross the Jordan, we come into his land through baptism and through the believing in his Son. The baptism gives you that promise that you've been cleansed from your sins. Have you been baptized? Have you had that promise given to you that your sins have been washed away? It is my prayer and my desire that you come to faith in Christ and that we might always be on the Lord's side. Let us pray. Almighty and gracious Father, we thank you, Lord, for giving us these scriptures to remind us that just as Israel was called physically to go into this land, we are called spiritually to go into all this world and to proclaim your glorious name. And so, Lord, help us to be faithful to this task as You called us. In Christ's name, amen.